Welcome to the spirit world, answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to the spirit world. I am Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist Adam Bly, and hopefully you today, because we are live taking your calls for this uh, last broadcast of July, the precious blood of Jesus, Adam. And this is our open forum mailbag show. Very, very active, very popular. So we're going to ask you to call in. As a matter of fact, start dialing right now as Adam leads us in the St. Michael prayer. So here is the number, 877-757-9424. Okay, that's the number to call. We are live today. We, we do expect your call. Anything you want to ask about angels, demons, or anything in between, we're here to answer as best we can. But Adam, we must begin with prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful. So, um, Adam, this is a very popular show. It's an open forum mailbag show. So we will weave in the questions that we have um, gotten over the past couple months. That's right, folks. We're trying to play catch up. Um, we've gotten a lot of emails and that's wonderful. And we, and we want them to keep coming to, uh, to us with the questions that you ask. But we're going to try to put them all together together in different ca in, a, in a similar category and answer them in a general way. And then we will do future shows, right, Adam? We will do future shows where we will dive deeply into specific um, uh, areas that you have concerns about, dear listeners. So, but, but today, please, if you have a question, um, it's a very friendly um, experience. You'll love it. We've got Carol and Anna at the phones. Uh, Tim is our senior producer. Uh, he's supervising everything. And our wonderful producer for this show is Taylor Van Est, and he is doing just a fabulous job making sure that you get a very crystal clear signal. Um, so call us. We're waiting for you. And we're not going to have a teaching, um, Adam, uh, at the beginning, because I know that the spirit world followers and listeners, you're kind of used to uh, a small teaching at the beginning of this one hour show. And then we go into the calls. But this is a straight open forum. So start calling right now. 877-757-9424. If you prefer to send us an email instead, uh, just send it to TSW. That's the spirit world at grnonline.com. You can send um, an email there, or you can like us on Facebook. We're growing the Facebook family. We're, we're fast approaching a thousand followers. That's wonderful. And, um, and we would love for you to like us on Facebook at the spirit world podcast. Now the type of questions, um, maybe if you would like to ask of things that are happening to you, um, uh, personally, uh, with, you know, you're kind of not sure if you, you know, somebody came up to you, they said something to you, or you experienced something, you know, if you would like to share that experience, please call in and, and, and ask, um, you know, share, share your story and then ask your question. 
or if you have, you know, a general uh, question about uh, the teaching of uh, angels, which is a truth of our faith, um, now is the time to call in and ask questions like that. Or maybe even some of our past shows, Adam, what do you think about that? How do you feel about our, our listeners addressing some of the past topics we covered? Sure, Deb. You know, any anything that... Um... Anything that's important to people, uh, yeah, it can be a follow-up on a past show or kind of anything related to the supernatural, the preternatural, what's going on, you know, in the, in the culture right now in terms of uh, spirituality. And, yeah, really, mm -hmm. really an open forum. Yeah, I love that. Um, okay, we are getting calls already. So Anna and Carol are busy. That's great. Keep them busy at 877-757-9424. So I will ask the first question um, that came in from Jan uh, on Facebook, Adam. And Jan actually asks a question that I believe all of us can uh, relate to. And we definitely um, have the same kind of struggle when we go to get just a normal massage. You go to the uh, massage place, you've had a long week at work, and you're like, I just need somebody to work on my shoulders. I'm really stressed out. And you go to this massage place, you, you spend you know a lot of money actually for 50 minutes of a massage or something of that nature. And you find out that the massage therapist also does Reiki on the side or other things, other practices that are definitely against what we believe as Catholic Christians. Um, couple, couple, um, I'm going to give you a, you know, kind of a two, three part question to this, Adam. Okay. I go in for a massage. I'm not going in for the Reiki. I'm not consenting to anything. I don't want that. You know, I just want a simple massage so I can just, you know, de-stress. Uh, does any of that transfer over to me? Should I not be going to those people? What if they, you know, say they don't practice these other things and you see, you know, on the walls of the, of the, you know, therapy rooms, you see things that are definitely not right. What should we do if we're just trying to go in there for just a normal, basic, general sports mm -hmm. massage? <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I hate to be kind of a downer on this, but I think we, we have to, you know, remember with human nature, if that's part of what the person's doing and that's their worldview and that's kind of their, their, their view of their practice, they're going to be inclined to think along those lines and maybe be sensitive to those things. Even if you say, I just want a physical massage, you know that they're doing these esoteric practices. They're going to be just naturally because that's what they're used to. They're going to be inclined to try to do those things as they're giving the massage. I think most people, I'm not saying everybody, you know, uh, some people have good internal boundaries and things like that. But, um, you know, if it was me, I, I would just avoid it, Deb, uh, if there's indications of, of any form of energy manipulation is what you want to look for. So it's not necessarily just picking on Reiki or chakras, but, you know, certainly those are red flags. If you if you hear any kind of energy manipulation going on, I, I would avoid it just to be mm -hmm. safe. Okay, but let me ask you this question. What uh, our responsibility to to interview or ask the massage therapist what their, you know, mindset, intention, their training, their experience, should we? Or do we just, is it better off we don't even know what, what they've done in the past? Oh, no, it's better to know what they're, what they're going to be doing. Because if you think about it, you know, and to a large extent, 
what I've seen in the exorcism world, and I'm not saying you're going to be possessed if you get a massage from the wrong person. I'm just saying when, when the curtain's pulled back in the world of exorcism, we things are played out a little more explicitly um, and plainly. Legalism is a big deal, and the demons look for consent of the will in order to get the ability to to do an effect to a person. So mm-hmm. if you're aware that the person's doing esoteric practices, energy manipulation, and you're consenting to that, um, that's a big deal. And I think the other layer that I would say with that question, Deb, is remember, you know, your body is part of your personhood. Right. From a Christian perspective, a person is a soul and a body created together for each other they're in union and so you are submitting part of your personhood to the care of somebody else kind of like when you go to your doctor you you're in a sense submitting in obedience to their wisdom and experience and their treatment of your body and so if you're going to a massage therapist you're also submitting your body to their authority and so if i was doing that i would want to know what they're going to be doing with the authority I'm giving them over my body for that time. You're not giving them full authority, but you are, you know, saying, here's my wounds and my pains, and I'm I'm entrusting you to treat my body and, mm-hmm. and deal with those. So, you know, again, I, I, I don't mean to be kind of an ex- take an extreme view on this, but I do think it's important. Mm-hmm. And I am aware of cases where somebody went to a kind of a new agey massage therapist slash energy manipulation person and ended up having spiritual problems that required prayer later. Okay, Adam, this is very disturbing, and I'll tell you why. Because Jan brings up a really good point. We we have all been there. If you go out there and, and, and sign up for any massage, it's, I mean, unless you're going to get a Catholic Christian massage therapist... They've probably been trained in some of these new age practices. Um, maybe, maybe it's time we, we only had Catholic uh, massage therapists out there who, you know, hang a, a shingle that says, you know, I've, I don't practice any of this stuff. Maybe that maybe it's time for that. But um, before that happens. Um, so you're trying you're, you're saying that it's best we actually cancel the massage and not go to it. I'm saying if it was me, I wouldn't go to anybody involved in energy manipulation of any kind. I would just purely physical mindset and treatment um, kind of philosophy is the only thing I would go to. I'm saying for myself, because I'm very cautious given what I've seen. Well, yeah, and rightly so. You're in the exorcism ministry on a weekly basis. We are not. But but my question is, is like if, if the person's not consenting to it, um, you know, let's say a, a wife buys a massage for their husband because they've had a hard day, at, at, you know, a hard week at work, and that and the and the husband goes to the massage not knowing any of this. Is any of that transferred? It's probably very limited because we need to know what we're consenting to. Okay. But, okay. But I still, need to know. Okay. yeah, we need to know. But I'm still saying be cautious. Absolutely. Jan, that was an excellent question. See, these are the kind of questions we're looking for and we can answer for all of us. So this is wonderful. You hear the music. We're going to hit that pause button. When we come back, we'll go right to the phones. Um, So please join us at 877-757-9424. This is uh, our open forum mailbag show here at the Spirit World. Stay with us.
Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. A while back, I had a nice little chat with some Jehovah Witness ladies, and they tried to justify their claim to be Christian by saying the early Christians didn't believe Jesus was God. Is this true? Well, of course not. Let me share a few examples. Take John 1.1, where John describes Jesus as the Word and writes the Word was God. Now, in order to get around this, the JWs translate the phrase as the Word was a God. But this is based on a misunderstanding of Greek grammar. Consider also Colossians 2.9, where St. Paul writes, For in him, that is Jesus, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. In 1 Corinthians 8.6, Paul describes Jesus as the one through whom we exist. Isn't God the one ultimately responsible for the existence of things? So, contrary to what the JWs think, to be Christian, you must believe Jesus is God. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. We'll get to the phones in just a minute. We do have full phone lines. Um, that is wonderful. So if you get a busy signal, just call back in a few minutes when a line becomes open at 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. That's the uh, number to call the show number. We do have our show team in place, Carol and Anna and Tim and Taylor. So everybody's ready. Adam's ready. And Adam, I would never um, argue or, or debate you because I have, the, I have um, such respect for you and the work that you do. Um, but I will tell you on the break, I was a little concerned and I'm so grateful to, to Jan on this, um, the Spirit World um, Facebook page asking the question because uh, full disclosure here, Adam, um, my husband's birthday was the beginning of July and I bought him um, a package to go to our local massage place and get, and get, cause he's been under a lot of stress. Um, should he go to confession now? What should he do? Cause I mean, most likely, I mean, if I call up the massage place, I, 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 I pretty much can bet and <laughs> that they have had some new age practices or some, some, you know, they teach it or they do something or, you know, so what, what, what should I do? I just want to make sure I'm in a good, you know, my husband's, I, I didn't want to lead him into anything here. I was giving him a gift for his birthday. Well, sure. So 
again, unless he knew they were doing those practices and consented to them, there wouldn't be really a sin at all. As far okay. as he knows, he's just getting a massage, right? A okay. physical massage. You know, sin sin requires doing something that's knowing something is wrong and choosing to do it anyway. That's the definition of a sin, right? So he wasn't doing anything wrong as far as he knew. Therefore, there's no sin. Right. Okay. But yeah, true. Okay. But now, then, it, I, but I knew, but I knew that, you know, I'm aware from the work that we do. Um, so then mm-hmm. in, in essence, I, I sort of led, led him by buying these, you know, so actually it probably falls on me if anything. Well, that wasn't your intent though. And, and yeah. So here's the thing though, let's get this in perspective before we, sure. we, we take an extreme position on it really briefly. I know we have to get to calls. Okay. This would be an example of just barely starting to open the door, barely starting to turn the doorknob. It's mm-hmm. kind of the, be- the the very beginning of trouble. It's not that you're going to instantly be in big trouble spiritually. Um, it, it's kind of like other practices, other superstitions that creep into your life that we know we're not supposed to start relying on because we make them idols and we put our faith in them. You know, superstitions grow into ritualistic practices where we we do something, you know, thinking it has some power and then eventually to researching those things and then maybe going to somebody like a psychic or an expert in those things. And eventually it leads down the road to real trouble. So, you know, I'm not saying you're going to instantly have big trouble. It's just that this is um, kind of like the very beginning of flirting with trouble. That's all. So I don't think we we don't need to be too anxious about it, but we just need to be mindful. Right, right. See, folks, this is how it helps all of us because, you know, we're just trying to live our life, right? We're trying to do, uh, you know, um, nice things for our loved ones and we could be, you know, walking into something potentially dangerous. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Wow, this is good. This is good stuff. We're already learning. Well, I'm learning. I hope you are learning as well. But don't forget to like us on Facebook because that's how Jan sent in that wonderful question that I think helped a lot of us today. And that's at the Spirit World Podcast. Okay, so we're going to go first to uh, Joan. Joan is up first in uh, Flemington, New Jersey and on Domestic Church Radio. Joan, I know your area of New Jersey very well. I grew up in West Caldwell. Welcome, Joan. Okay, thank you very much. I wanted to comment on uh, the previous call about massage therapy, and maybe you already know that in this area, New Age practice is very prevalent, and we have had instances where we've looked into massage, um, and they'll have, you know, crystals in the front office, etc., um, I was, I you just comment your thoughts on this, but, uh, one thing that we found helpful was to look for a sports massage therapist. They tend to steer clear of the funky stuff a little bit more, um, because they're, they're treating athletes largely. Um, but also we've just asked directly, we've said, you know, do you practice Reiki or do you do whatever sort of therapy is the latest that's out there and be very direct about saying you may not do this on me while you're giving massage thankfully we found someone who um who doesn't do any of that but um i was just wondering your comments on that because i think it's important that we let the people in the industry know we're not interested (laughs) in the new age we just Mm -hmm. want a massage and um while it'd be great to seek out a catholic masseuse you know, if you can't find one. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. I'm just going right. to listen 
to the, oh, the comments well, on that off air. Well, Joan, well, Joan, hold on. Don't go, don't go anywhere yet because this is interesting. What Joan's bringing up is bringing up is very, very important, um, Adam, because this idea of getting a sports um, massage therapist, that's exactly what I got for my husband. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I just went and looked up um, their profile online and they do have training in um, new age practices. They have training, but they don't practice, they don't practice, they do not practice it on their clients. So where do you go with the training and, you know, what they actually use? Well, you got to get into the details, Deb. So for instance, if we, if we look into Reiki and people can go pull up a YouTube video later after the show, type in Reiki initiation, um, you know, to become a Reiki master, there's a, there's a ritual that is done where you verbally say that you want the Reiki spirit connected with you. And then a Reiki master draws symbols in the air over your head and then takes an oil and draws them on the palms of your hands, lays hands on you. So a person that's been initiated into being a Reiki master has willfully asked a spirit to connect with them. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not just while they're doing Reiki, they just generally ask for that spirit to be connected with them. So I think it's important to get those details because it's one thing if a person's interested in those things, it's another thing to say, you know, I've been willfully connected with this spirit and, and that's part of what's going to be interacting with right. you because it's, it's, it's permanently connected to me until I, you know, repent of it and get it removed later. Right, right. Um, great question, Joan. Thank you so much for for bringing it into this discussion. Um, you know, Adam, I say it's time we get our money back from these places and open up a Catholic Christian place that we can just make sure we don't have any of this other stuff going on. So, hey, it could be, you know, somebody may be listening right now and they could they could start that in this in their area, or maybe there are some already uh, that are that are up and um, you know functioning. So let us know about that as well. Okay, Joy is up next in Buffalo, New York, on the Station of the Cross. Hi, Joy. Welcome to the spirit world. Good morning. Uh, thank you both for what you do. Um, first of all, Debbie, I want to thank you for your lovely program, Take Two. It's helped so many people oh, in more you. ways than uh, you know. And I'm sure that when you go to heaven, you'll be um, greeted by many people that said you got them there. And Adam, thank you for your um, wisdom Uh, for helping us navigate the spirit world because the thing is is that you know so many people don't believe in the spirit world they just think that all there is is what we touch and see and I thank you for you know you giving up your life to uh, such a wonderful cause so what I'll say at this point is that um, and my question of curiosity is is that um, I was once listening to a program in which uh, one of the um, one of the exorcists said that uh, that uh, one of the people that crucified God was one of the demons um, embodied um, in, 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 embroiled in this person's um, uh, exorcism. I'm wondering if a person is damned, um, can they become a demon, or is because it doesn't make sense? But I'm just wondering, out of curiosity, is that possible? And that's my question. Okay, Joy. So, yeah, there's a couple interesting things in there. So, first off, um, damned people do not become demons. Demons are fallen angels. Uh, That's very clear. So, um, the damned soul 
God forbid somebody is damned. You know, we have confidence that Judas is. We we don't presume anybody else is. Leave it to the mercy of God. Uh, But they don't become demons. The second thing that's in your question that maybe you didn't realize was there is that we want to be really careful about believing any testimony of demons that comes out of exorcisms. Here's why. The only thing they have to tell the truth about is their name, when they entered, how they entered, and when they're leaving. Those are the only questions, at least in the old rite of exorcism, that are explicitly spelled out and are described as legitimate questions. When you move away from that, when you move into a question that is not about us uh, basically helping that person, you're stepping out of the church's role and you're just entering into a conversation or you're entertaining a conversation. Maybe the demon said that without a question. Maybe they just volunteered that information. We can't trust that information. The only thing we can trust is when God compels them to tell the truth, which is in a very limited circumstance. Who are you? When did you enter? How did you enter? And when are you leaving? So I just caution you and everybody else Take a huge grain of salt with anything that demons say, certainly anything they say that's coming out of exorcisms, you know, that's outside of those questions. Um, we just can't trust it. We have to be very, very careful with those things. Thanks. Joy, any comments? Um, well, that is uh, wonderful advice because... Um, um, can I ask one last question? Sure. You go right ahead, because your name is Joy, and you said sh- such nice comments to both of us that actually made me cry and get very emotional. So, yes, Joy, <laughs> go right ahead. Ask question number oh two. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. My question is is that um, I was in my bedroom one time, and I don't smoke, and, you know, like my house is... And suddenly there was this, such a strong odor of, like, cigarettes. And then it was like for a few seconds and it disappeared. And I'm wondering, um, you know, um, I've heard people say that, you know, sometimes people are given messages uh, from people, you know, either they're okay or they're near them or something. And I'm wondering what, um, again, your thoughts. Well, that's another great question, Joy. It touches on another area we need to be very careful of. So first off, you want to debunk that and see if it's mundane. Could be the brain. This sense of smell is very close in the brain to where we we tend to process memory. So if you were thinking of a person or a person came to mind that used to smoke, your brain could kind of for a moment uh, create a false perception of cigarette smoke. So you want to be careful about jumping to the conclusion it's spiritual. Secondly, Um, poor souls in purgatory rarely are allowed by God to petition for prayer. When it's done, it's done pretty clearly, you know, through a pretty clear sign or or, um, for some saints of vocalization. So if they're in heaven already, what would be the purpose of God allowing the smell of cigarettes? It's not communicating anything clear to you. Uh, What it is, I think, if anything, is a fishing line to see if you'll pursue that, maybe start ghost hunting, maybe ask for another sign or a symbol. And we don't want to do that. We want to just let that go. If it happened once, let it go. Don't pay any attention to it and move on with a healthy spiritual life. 
Beautiful. Thank you, Joy from Buffalo. Thank you so much for the kind words. You can call us anytime and keep that joy. Okay, um, you hear the music when we come back. We'll get to Bill and Lee and Sean and Ann and hopefully you at 877-757-9424. This is our, our monthly open forum show here at The Spirit World. You got to stay with us. When you find yourself peering into life's rearview mirror, wondering if your past will forever define you, it doesn't have to. Go to StandTallToday.com and register for your absolutely free consultation with one of our world-class life coaches. They can help you get started on a plan forward to living your best life. There's nothing to lose and an entire future to gain. Log on to StandTallToday.com for complete details. That's StandTallToday.com. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. If you're looking for a gift to give your spouse that's not fattening or expensive, listen in. This is one of the most precious things you have, but you can give it to them every day. Do you know what it is? Your time. Do you have time every day where you and your spouse check in and connect together? If you don't, start brainstorming right now about when you could fit it in. Maybe when you both arrive home, you could take a few minutes to step in private just to ask how our day was. Maybe it's getting a few minutes earlier in the morning to make coffee together. It doesn't need to be long, but it does need to happen every day. If you and your spouse are ships passing in the night during a busy season of life, take at least five minutes alone to hug, talk, check in, and connect. A successful marriage is made up of little things like this. Commit to having a daily connection with your spouse. It may turn out to be the most important gift you've ever given. To find out more about connecting with your spouse, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Wow, this show flies. I mean, it is amazing how quick uh, this one-hour show goes. Uh, We're going to try to get to everybody's call and... The calls and the um, comments that are coming in, the emails. Uh, here's the good news, folks. We do have um, a monthly mailbag open forum show every single month, and we're we're looking into splitting it up between mailbag and open forum calls uh, because we're just we're getting a lot of calls, and and some seem like it's a little bit of a repeat call or comment or question, but it really isn't because everybody's trying to relate it to what what's going on in their own um, life, and and we understand that. So we'll address it many many uh, times. Um, and keep going over the same uh, kind of subjects. But 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 why do we do that? Um, we also have brand new listeners each and every time we do this show. So keep that in mind as well. That's why I repeat myself uh, throughout the entire hour. Okay, Adam, we'll get back to the calls if that's okay with you. And uh, let's go to Bill. And Bill is in Charlotte, North Carolina on Sirius XM 130. Hello, Bill. Thank you for waiting and welcome to the spirit world. Thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So go right ahead, sir. 
Uh, my question is, uh, I've recently found out my uh, grandfather was a 32nd degree Mason, uh, and I joined the Catholic Church maybe 10 or 15 years ago, so I'm Catholic now. And I've been hearing about things of generational curses or things that descend from family members that were in Masons. And even as a child in high school, for about six months, I, was, I participated in Demole, which is, I guess, the sort of the children's versions of Masonry. I had no idea what it was about at the time. But I was just curious, are there prayers or things I need to do now to sort of remove any curses or lingering effects from that from my grandfather or even my participation sort of innocently in high school? Sure, Bill. So that's a great question, and, and it applies to a lot of people out there. So um, here's the thing. Uh, Freemasonry in the family line, we have seen demons claim rights to people through commitments made by Freemasonry ancestors. Um, and we've also seen, you know, claim rights um, through ancestors by other means. It's not only Freemasonry. Um, but it's very simple to deal with that. And and so even in the in the case of full-blown possession, you know, the worst kind of spiritual situation you can be in, even in that situation, we simply have the person in their own words simply say, you know, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm in charge now. I'm in authority over myself. I, I don't know what my ancestors did, but I reject any commitments they made on my behalf. I don't want any part of it. I only want you, Jesus, in my life. Please break any commitments that other people made on my behalf. They're, it's not me. I don't want it. And then we go back and we bring whatever spirit demon we were dealing with back. And, you know, the priest may reiterate, okay, now what are your rights? None. That was it. And then, you know, proceed to go on to casting them out. So in my experience, it's very simple to deal with that, just kind of a renunciation and a rejection of any commitments they made. You don't need to know exactly what they made. Um, we don't necessarily know what, for, you know, all of our ancestors did, um, whether it's the fourth or fifth generation, which, you know, is often cited from the scripture. Um, the demo lay, though, I would... Uh, go to confession for that because it was kind of the beginning of entering a, a mystery cult, you know, the Freemasonry system, which is essentially a mystery cult. We've talked about it before. And it involves, you know, rituals and calling down curses on yourself and other things like that. Um, so I would go to confession for that. You didn't know it, it probably is not a huge spiritual burden, but I would go ahead and go to confession just to take care of that because, and we've covered it before, you cannot be a Freemason and a Catholic. It's a, it's an automatic excommunication. Um, the Demolay is falling under Freemasonry, I believe, because um, the church law now says any secret society that works against the church, and since they're, they're under that. So that's what I would do. Um, keep it simple. Just reject what he may have committed and go to confession for the Demolay stuff. Does that make sense? Bill, any comments? No, well, thank you very much. That's very helpful. Um, I will definitely be bringing that up uh, very soon in confession. Thanks. Great. Thank you, Bill. Thank you for calling. I'm going to go ahead and uh, um, address Mario's comment, because Mario just dropped off. He was on waiting to ask actually me a, a question, Adam, about why do I always use uh, the um, term Catholic Christian? Okay, I, I'll, I'll share with Mario and the others why I do this. Um, I have been in religious education for over 30 years, and I can't even begin to tell you how many Protestant and, and non-denominational Christians will come up to me during one of my talks and say, um, you Catholics, or, you know, they don't, they don't put us in the Christian 
um, <laughs> category. Okay, so that's why I say on the radio, Catholic Christian, because we have close to 40, 50% of our listeners are not Catholic. And so, yes, Mario, we are Christian, uh, the Catholics, absolutely. Um, we trace our, um, our faith all the way back to Jesus himself. Um, and so that's the reason why I, I say Catholic tr- uh, Catholic Christian, just to uh, put everybody, our Christian brothers and sisters, our, our non-denominational Christian brothers and sisters, uh, their mind at ease that, that yes, indeed, Catholics are Christians. Uh, Adam, any comments on that? That's why I use that term. I know some people say we don't need to use that term. I do on radio. Otherwise, I'd be spending a lot of time uh, using airtime trying to explain that. Yeah, and I think in a sense it's it's good because um, some Protestants feel very strongly about the label just Christian, and and they kind of want that to be respected as a separate thing. Um, so you know, I think it's good to clarify. It, just a tiny little soapbox for me: um, the the Catholic Church is the trunk of the tree that goes back to the Roman Empire when the okay. Church was first founded by by Jesus and then spread into the Roman Empire and the Empire was converted. And it was from that tree that many centuries later, the Protestant churches uh, branched off. And so it, it is the original church. It's it's the yeah. trunk of the tree that brought you the Bible. It, it provided the translation of the Bible. It, um, you know, it it is the source of the of the Christian faith, but that's just my little soapbox. Yeah, no, I I totally I totally agree with you, and and but you know I just want to make sure that people don't use a lot of airtime to try and explain something that is that is very obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, Mario, I hope that helps. That's why I do what I've been doing for thirty years, and um, but thanks for asking. I get that question probably once every couple of years, so that's awesome that you're paying attention and calling in. Um, to to um, the spirit world. Thank you so very much. Okay, Lee is up next. Um, Ontario, Canada is where Lee resides, and Lee is listening on our friends at the Station of the Cross. Hi, Lee. Hello. Thank you both for bringing us closer to God. Um, I just have a a question to ask you, um, and that is this opportunity has come up for me that is too good to be true. I may have an opportunity to move on the street that I wish to move on, and it's right beside a provincial park that I go into every day because of the business that I do, and the price is just too good to be true. But the people and the people who live there are going to Australia for a couple of years, so I may be moving in there, but um, they're Hindus and they could be practicing their faith. I heard Father Rippinger say that we should do an exorcism before we move into another place. Should I be hesitant about any of this kind of stuff? Thank you so much. Okay, Lee. Um, that's a, it's a good question. It's a complex question. Basically, you know, we deal with house cases all the time where people move into a place they don't know what was done there in the past, and there's some manifestations going on. We don't always know exactly what happened, what a previous owner who had authority and what they did. Um, I wouldn't presume that any one faith... Um, you know, outside of Satanism and black magic and witchcraft is going to be um, doing anything particularly harmful. However, um, it is a good rule of thumb to always have your home blessed before you move into it because you just don't know what went on there, whether it was religious practices, whether it was serious sin, whether a, a very bad crime happened there. Um, 
<clears throat> that was kind of a victory for the demons. Um, you know, I've seen I've seen all those things lead to uh, troubled homes that had spiritual problems. So I wouldn't be fearful. Uh, just have the house blessed before you move in um, thoroughly. Every room, you know, open every closet, all that, all that with the holy water going through the home. And then, you know, unless you have a very strong um, either feeling while you're there having the blessing done, feelings are a little subjective and tricky. But, you know, if you have a very bad feeling, that's one thing. Uh, and you're confident in your discernment, that would be one thing. But if the blessing happens and everything feels good and you feel at peace when you're in the home, go ahead and move in. And if there's trouble later, you can just, you know, return to your priest and then maybe explore the idea of a minor exorcism. But that's going to be up to your bishop and how they handle uh, minor exorcisms in your diocese. So you want to be obedient to your bishop and um, let the priests that are appropriate deal with it in in, in your case. But, you know, the odds are nothing's going to happen. Just get a thorough blessing. Mm-hmm. Sound good, Lee? Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, I guess my, my big concern was because they were Hindus, but you're saying just to have the house blessed even, even though. Okay, thank you mm-hmm. so much. Sounds mm-hmm. great. Thank you, Lee, and congratulations on the new home. Um, uh, Adam, also, too, what about if somebody uh, passed away, somebody died in the home? I've, I've, I've heard stories um, where people move in, and a year or two later, there's, a, you know, a feeling that, you know, maybe that, that person that died prematurely is, is calling out for some prayers. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I mean, again, Souls in purgatory can petition the living for prayers when God allows it. It tends to be uh, more rare. You know, it's not a super common thing. Um, But if that's going on, simply have some masses said for the repose of their soul um, at your church, Mm -hmm. and that, that should resolve it very quickly. Right. You know what else I would do if I was moving into a home that it had previous owners that we didn't know what, what faith practices they they had or what they believed in, I would, if it were me, I would put a blessed um, image of the sacred heart of Jesus um, in the home. Also uh, the St. Benedict uh, crucifix um, with the um, uh, Benedictine um, blessing. Um, I would definitely um, have those sacramentals and those images uh, prominently in the home. What, What do you say to that? Yeah, um, the enthronement of the sacred and immaculate hearts in in a very real sense is is really giving the home to Jesus and Mary right. and saying exactly. this is your home spiritually, really in reality. It, it's it's mine, but it's on loan to me by you, God, and this is yours and I give you dominion over it and I ask you to protect it. So those those enthronements are a beautiful thing. Um, but again, you know, if everything's peaceful, we don't need to necessarily worry about it. Don't be anxious. Um, it's when, you know, there's manifestations and things going on that you can't debunk. Uh, we take these steps. But if you want to do the enthronement just because, that's wonderful. It's going mm-hmm. to be a spiritual benefit to your to your life. Right. Right. Because you want to have peace in your home. You're spending the majority of your time, especially sleeping in your home, and you don't want disturbances. So I I, I couldn't agree more. I I actually appreciate very much Lee's um, 
uh, call and, and question because I think it helps all of us, especially as people move around these days. Okay, so we're going to try to pick up the pace a bit and try to get to all the calls coming in. Uh, don't forget, in August, we'll have another open forum uh, show and also um, a mailbag show as well. So you can always send your email in to tsw at grnonline.com. That's how you send us an email for a future show. Okay, Sean is up next in Buffalo, New York, also on the Station of the Cross. Okay. Welcome, Sean. Oh, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I just had a question. It was on, um, like, my family's all Catholic and that, but my grandparent had, it was like a, it's called like a Rife machine, is something like with frequency healings and stuff. Um, what you could do would be like you'd put like your signature or like a picture, something on it. I know I'm going fast, but um, apparently it would like help with um, like if you had a cold or fever, it will just like anything in particular, like that was the whole um, uh, thing around it. And it kind of sounds a little odd. Um, like this machine was probably like from the uh, the sixties, mm-hmm. and it was basically like one of the stories that I heard was my uh, uh, grandma was like, you could maybe take a, a picture, a signature of like my aunt, and she would use it, and she said like, you know, how's your sinus infection? And she was like, how did you know I had a sinus infection? Mm-hmm. So it sounds kind of, you know, weird. And yep. so yep. I'm just, I wonder if that's like a very, just not a good idea. Yeah, it's certainly not a good idea, Sean. So I, I'm not an expert on that machine. I'm, I'm aware of it. I've encountered people um, that, that use that in their practice. And I heard, you know, there's a lot of like unofficial purporting that it cures cancer and things like that to draw people into using them. They're very expensive and they often get people that are desperate with medical conditions that aren't responding to treatment to go to kind of new age practice practitioners. Um, I would stay away from it, especially, you know, the clues right there and what you said, there's, there's a form of like divination going on, you know, like knowledge of hidden things going on uh, with her knowing about the sinus infection, that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, I would stay away from it. Um, it's, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but I would not be surprised if we dug into the history of it and its invention that the people involved were involved in occult stuff, you know, esoteric right. practices. I just wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but it evolves into some very disturbing mm-hmm. kind of divination related stuff. So, right. yeah, I would just stay right. away from it. And I'm familiar, actually, with the with the type of machine you're talking about, Sean. Are you Catholic, Sean? Sean, are you Catholic? Yes. Okay. I, if it were me, I would go to confession, have your whole family go to confession, clear everything away from this machine, and I, if it were me, I'd stay away from it. That's I agree with Adam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I felt like that was kind of, it was a weird thing. I, you know, not, I never was using it, but, you know, that was kind of always, like, in the background, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that... Hmm. Yeah. Always yeah, remember, we'll always remember this, Sean, and for everyone else that's, that's listening as well. Um, when people are ill or, or they get sick or something happens, 
people are very quick to want to remedy that. They want to heal fast. And so things become very attractive very quickly um, to heal anything that goes wrong. So always remember that. That, And I think, uh, Adam, if you, I, I think you would agree with me on this. Um, the demons are probably watching all that and seeing how we, we get very desperate on wanting to heal very quickly and, and have everything uh, be okay. And so they could, they could actually pro- um, capitalize on that, Adam. Yeah, for sure. There, you know, as you're as you're putting your faith and trust in in this device, um, as opposed to in God and and in medicine that that God has given us, and and we are supposed to use medicine. You know, we're not supposed to stay away from that. Pray, but also go to your doctor. Um, these things, by the way, they're not substantiated by medicine. Um, they've basically been debunked by the professional medical world and uh, marginalized. But when we start putting our faith in these things, yes, the demons will kind of jump on that bandwagon and. It will, it will be a gateway into more and more esoteric practices over time, and they'll, right. they'll draw you into right. their web, kind of. Yep, yep. Great questions, uh, Sean. Thank you so much. God bless you. Have a beautiful um, a beautiful weekend, and call us again, please. Great questions. Anne is up next. In, thank you. Anne is up next in Cincinnati, Ohio, on Sacred Heart Radio. Hi, Anne. Thanks for waiting, and welcome. Hi, thanks. I listen to Take Two every night when I get home from work. And I enjoy it a lot. Even if the topic doesn't apply to me, I always get something out of it. My question Mm -hmm. is, I uh, am a revert. My husband passed away, and I was able to go back to church because he had been married before and never got his marriage annulled. So in the last class of RCIA, my priest, who I idealize, I think he's, uh, I just love him. But he told us that the exorcist was a bunch of hooey, and there's no such thing as exorcists. And I was, my jaw dropped because I know that he knows that's not true. I know that's not true. Why would he say such a thing to a whole class that there's no such thing as exorcist? I know there's exorcist priests. I know there's a need for exorcist, exorcism. So why would he say that? Well, Anne, I, I, I don't know because I don't know him. So, um, you know, I can tell you, though, it, it is the consistent teaching of the church um, that exorcism is real. It's, it's in canon law. Uh, there is a right of exorcism published by the church. Uh, there's a new right published by the USCCB here in this country. And uh, there are hundreds of exorcists, even just in this country. Uh, I've met many of them. So uh, it certainly is real. It is a rare reality possession, but it is real. And, and there are exorcists. Now, why he would say that? Well, maybe he had no exposure to it. Maybe he went through seminary in the 60s or 70s when they were very much teaching the priests that were coming through that none of this existed. It was all psychiatric. Um, in this country, in the in the United States, we went through a, an era where um, that was really what they were taught in seminary. So it could be that he was taught that and he has held on to it. And he's more saying that, you know, he doesn't believe that it's real, even though people are doing it, like he might be thinking it's it's all epilepsy or something. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but that would be my guess is that he came through seminary at that time. And Anne, are you open for a suggestion when you, because it sounds like you yeah. really love this priest. Yeah, I would, I would sit down with him one-on-one and just say, Father, why uh, do you feel that way? What, what is your experience? What is your training? I mean, you have every right to know what, where his come from is. And, and I agree with Adam. I mean, it could be his training, his seminary training, his, his experience, or it could even be his own personal journey. You know, we don't know what our priests are going through sometimes. And, you know, they may be compromised in 
some area. And so they are just, you know, projecting that out to the, to the parishioners, not even realizing that that's, that's an error. So I, I think it might be wise to, to bring that up to him, Anne, since you're close with him. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And have him listen to this show. That could help, right, Adam? Uh, yeah. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right. full, thank you, Anne. Full phone lines here on The Spirit World, and we're racing as fast as we possibly can. We're getting a lot of messages from The Spirit World listeners. You're saying, go faster, go faster. Well, we're going to need another uh, hour, okay? Tim, our senior producer, just said we only have five minutes left, so we'll go as fast as we possibly can. Vicki is up next in Delaware on EWTN.com. Hi, Vicki. Welcome. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I was concerned about um, I had um, I had a therapist that uh, for almost two years, and she recommended because of my stress, high level of stress, um, to take uh, qigong and um, and to go ahead with the acupuncture, and um, so I did. And while I'm performing the uh, qigong and they say bring in this chi um i always say to myself oh i'm bringing in the holy spirit i know the holy spirit is in me and i'm bringing in the holy spirit and i come whatever moves there are relative to these what they i don't know these energy things um i call i i definitely connect with the holy spirit and the person that teaches the class is a very active catholic she and her husband are very committed to the faith, so it didn't it didn't hit me until I started listening to your radio session, and then um, I also get acupuncture. Uh, that was a suggestion, and it has literally cleared up some of my sinus infections and colds. But they, she does talk about opening these these energy fields, and um, I never felt. You know, I, just, I never felt that that was not good for me, but as I'm listening, I do have, I do understand that there are challenges involved in that. Right. Vicki, we're going to okay. let Adam respond to this because you actually are representing a lot of people right now because we get this question on a regular basis about chakras and energy healing and everything. Adam, please, uh, why don't you finish um, um, with Vicki so we can hear... Um, for everyone that has this same situation that they're rec that people are recommending now acupuncture. Okay. So, um, with the Qigong stuff, I would stay away from that because it is, uh, seeking to manipulate and not only manipulate energy, but basically do kind of magic tricks, um, project energy. Uh, sometimes in Chinese martial arts, the idea is, is that you project energy through the weapon that you're holding and it has an additional effect or, you know, a punch becomes more than a punch because you're projecting energy with it, that type of thing. Um, you want to stay away from that. And I've actually had a case many years ago of somebody who was practicing Chinese martial arts uh, sword work uh, in addition to the hand and foot stuff. And they ended up with a lot of trouble and it ended up being the sword they were using uh, with this kind of energy work and practicing the martial art for years was the thing in the house that was causing uh, the infestation and the trouble. And when it was removed is, is when everything stopped. So you, uh, basically be careful. Acupuncture, you, you also need to be very careful of. There is a limited part of it, I think, that Western medicine has found does work, maybe by 
accident, uh, meaning this idea of meridians and, and channels of energy through the body. Science does not find that, but certainly we have a nervous system, and sometimes when we poke nerves, it has an effect. So basically, uh, be very careful with that. Maybe check in with your doctor before doing it. I would lean away from it, though, and just avoid it, because usually people are intending to inject energy into you through the needles. So I would say, you know, just leave it alone. Vicki, thank you so much for the call. If you have um, a further comment, please email us at tsw at grnonline.com. We're not going to get to the other calls today, but there's another open forum show next month. And for Adam Bly, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. Until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon. Bye.